guys, before we get into the podcast, be sure to check out our Discord and YouTube channel. You can also email us suggestions at the Feminist Critique Podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. My handle is at South of Grace. And mine is at Ajlene's with an S. That's A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. You can also follow us on Twitter, the Feminist Critique Podcast. And those updates are at Feminist Pod. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Dogs are dying. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I was, was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That is entirely <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> oh, she has been unnecessary with every single intro this month. Oh my God. She's given a Hail Mary. She's given an Our Father. And a Glory B. <laughs> and a Glory B. <laughs> I feel like, okay, all right, this is the least egregious of those, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, oh, so here we are. Uh, well, because I don't know any more prayers, like, off the top of my head, so I was like, oh, what is that one hymn song? And then I'm like, oh, I can't find it. Uh, Saving Grace. That one. Oh my god. Amazing the Grace. The most popular hymn in the history of the world and you couldn't fucking remember No, 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 no. Not this one. There was another one called, uh, it's like, um, lift your head up to the Lord and those who brighten your day. Many blessings of da-na-na-na to why those who brighten this? our day. I don't know. I forget the song. It's, Obviously, why is the words are bad. Here? I thought this was a movie review. <laughs> Hi, this is the Feminist We're Critique where the two of us uh, plus also Donnie, who's here. Hi, um, <laughs> hi Donnie. Uh, where we... This intro is a goddamn mess. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, uh, this month is a mess, just like all the movies that we've done, so... This um, month is a mess, hey. just like all of us, let's be honest. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> we um, are all a mess. So this is actually our last Christian movie of the month, mm. even though we have one week left. Um, we weren't going to do five Christian movies, we are going to do a Halloween movie, goddammit, but that's next week. Um, so this week we're doing Fireproof, and I gotta be honest, out of last month's Christian movies, or last year's Christian movies, and this year's Christian movies, this is an Oscar, win- <laughs> an Oscar winner. This is- It's the best one. That's what I've been saying. I'm like, this is the best Christian movie that, like, I've ever seen, and I was scared going into it that I might actually be wrong, but honestly, like, this was not a bad movie. It was enjoyable to watch. It's okay. Like, I mean, it wasn't the greatest yeah, it, movie ever, but it's like, it was kind of good. Can I be honest about something? What? I actually yeah. kind of teared up at one point in the movie. Oh. oh. That's fair. <laughs> like, that. that's it. Listen, like, Ashlyn and I watched this movie together, and at the beginning of this movie, I was like, dude, I fucking hate this guy. Same. Oh, my God. And at the end of the movie, I still felt like he was still going to turn out to be a dick. And right now he's just doing this thing. But maybe he has turned his life around. But the end got me. I was like, okay, yeah. Because Ashlyn and I had watched this video about how 
this movie was trash because of uh, the prosperity gospel that it's promoting. I but I don't actually too. think this particular... Yeah, Donnie did too. I don't think this particular movie does that the same way other Kurt Cameron movies do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kurt Cameron's um, all about so that dollar dollar bill. <laughs> oh, Who yeah. isn't these days, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if I actually had dollar dollar bills, but I got like... 20 bucks left to last me a week. Listen, Angeline, so. money can't buy you <laughs> happiness. Why did I go into radio? Sorry, what? <laughs> it's your fault. I'm in radio and I'm doing um, just fine, Angeline. I think it's your fault. Hey, I'm in Nova Scotia. We don't get paid as much as you guys do out in Alberta. I'm <laughs> learning this the hard way. <laughs> um, so I'm going to run through some stats. <laughs> Uh, this movie came out in 2008, has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 40% critical and 82% audience. Um, the budget for this movie was about $500,000. The box office was $33.5 million. Jesus. Until God's Not Dead, this was the most popular Christian film release. Until God's Not probably Dead. Probably because it was when an actually hit, good movie. It out of the water. <laughs> Huh? Probably, well, probably because this movie was actually decent, so non-Christians wanted to watch it, too. Yeah, that's what that's what I actually I walked away with. Like, it's preachy, but it's not overly preachy, yeah. like God's Not Dead is. Oh, yeah. So it feels like an enjoyable watch instead of propaganda. <laughs> you can sort of, like, cringe and bear it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was directed and written by Alex Kendrick, who also worked on a movie called Facing the Giants. He's worked on Courageous. He's worked on War Room. It was also written by Stephen Kendrick, and he worked on War Room. Uh, cast. No big cast, really. Like, the the most popular person in this movie is Kurt Cameron, is, and he plays Caleb. He's known for the Growing Pains TV show, uh, lots of Christian movies, um, I knew him from Left Behind. He was also in a Disney Channel or, like, ABC Family Channel where it's, like, Million Dollar Duck, I think. What? Like What? It's a it's a fever dream movie. It's either a duck or a dog that ends up being, like, the heir to a fortune and he has to take care of the duck or the dog. I just can't remember it, if it's a duck or a dog. That's the Garfield movie sequel, remember? Yeah, well, this one came out in the early 90s. Is this part Jesus. of the Airbud series? No. What? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I, I have to petition you guys Ashley. to cover that movie. Whatever it is, you guys need to do it. Airbud actually made me cry. Like, I watched it recently, and I cried at the part where the dog has to I know, the but the thing with Airbud now is, like... Air Air, yeah, like now it's gone into like this different realm of like being fucking weird. So but it's like a whole franchise. Yeah, I mean, Air Bud is a good movie. It could have done without a sequel, and then they got progressively worse because they're like, oh well, he can do basketball, but this dog can also play soccer and football and baseball and softball, and it's like, dude. Let it let it live. <laughs> Honestly, let it die. I'm pretty sure it probably I'm pretty is. Pretty sure Airbud's dead. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Just like Wait, all like those, the just dog like who Shadow played it or the franchise. Bound, okay. Just like Shadow from Homeward Bound. Aww. You guys are horrible. <laughs> Listen, he was a good boy. The best. Yeah. He is a good boy. Still, 
Listen, the la- I don't care. I know that we're not even talking about this movie yet, but when it comes to Homeward Bound, I don't even have to watch the whole movie. I can watch the last five minutes and bawl like a baby. <laughs> the part where he crests the hill going, Peter, my boy, I was so worried about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dying. That's how I described the first five minutes of Up. <laughs> right? You can cry in those five minutes. It's just that uh, tear I was like that with oil, Old uh, Yeller. Like, fucking cry. Oh, my oh God. I don't watch Old Why Yeller. Why does every movie about dogs involve the dog dying? You know what? Uh, yeah. Because it's it's a fact I that knew. the thing you love most is going to disappear. Jesus, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen... Disney's just trying to prepare us for the fact that death is inevitable. I don't want to be on this podcast anymore. I'm sad. <laughs> you know what, Gracie? Okay, when did you well, become such a nihilist? <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, we can talk about how the movie opens with her wanting to marry daddy. Uh, Not any daddy. Her daddy. And like, if her mom dies, can I have him? It's not, no, it's not if she dies, if she's done with him. Like, oh, yeah, if you break up with daddy, can I marry him? Like, what the fuck? Okay, this was, like, a part where I'm, like, it was so unnecessary. Like, it didn't... Yeah, we didn't need Yeah, this. like, this part did not need to be in this it fucking did not movie. Need, it has nothing to do with the movie at all. Like, except you bar- it, 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 it reinforces that this girl wants to marry her dad, who happens to be a firefighter. And then she marries yeah. a firefighter. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's it. That's that's its purpose. It's like the the two men that wrote this movie were like, every girl wants to marry her father, and it's like, like no, no. not not every girl <laughs> has daddy issues or you know has an Electra uh, complex. Like, yeah, for fuck's some sakes. girls have mommy issues and want to marry their mothers. <laughs> Idiots. <Yeah. laughs> obviously god sigmund freud was a dick sigmund freud had a dick yeah he wasn't very inclusive (laughs) (laughs) also he was really into bdsm so i'm told the fuck why do you okay why do you know that dude did you not watch i don't know if it's true or not but like his biopic that had uh kira knightley in it like she was a masochist and he was fascinated by her. That's just and like it was his wife or his girlfriend or mistress or something. That's just like Fifty that. Shades of Grey. <laughs> old, except with course old timey Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I mean, there's so yeah, there's people who have that fucking uh, that kink. So listen, I'm not kink shaming. There is here. no kink I'm shaming here. But no. Sigmund Freud was no. a freak. He was. He was very strange. We only make fun of him because we don't like his values. Nope. And also, he was proven to be a fraud, so it's all good. Sigmund Freud, more like Sigmund Fraud, am I right? <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, this podcast is off the rails. Okay, so, fast forward, I guess, like 20 years, and you have Caleb... And Catherine, or Cat, and Cat is a PR consultant for a hospital, and her husband is a firefighter, and they live in the most beautiful four hundred thousand dollar home I've ever fucking seen in my life. You have to remember, this is what two thousand twelve money. So, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, this was just before the bubble, so... That, oh, yeah, this was just before the crash. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was actually, like, three days after was the housing market crash, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, when it released? Yeah, like, it was actually, like, three days later after this movie was released, so... Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you think they lo- they lost their house? Was it foreclosed? Yes. Oh, my God, Ashley, you cannot... <laughs> Do you think they're fireproof after that? Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. Um so anyway, uh you don't you kind of get a basis of what they're like. Caleb is very dedicated to his job. Kat is very dedicated to her job, but she also has a mom that suffered a debilitating stroke a year beforehand. And One of the conflicts of this movie is that Caleb has been saving all of his money up for a fucking boat when they live in Albany, Georgia, which is nowhere near a fucking lake. Or a (laughs) significant body of water. Right? (laughs) And, like, you don't need more than $3,000. You need a fishing boat, okay? You're surrounded by river, not lakes. Like, a fishing boat is fine, but he wants, like, a yacht, I guess? I don't know. He... Um, he wants a boat, but I guess he also needs a vacation house. Yeah, to get away from his oh my sorry ass his wife. His bitch wife, who keeps telling him he he's won't a, quit self- nagging him. a selfish bastard because he wants to buy a boat. <laughs> but yeah, so like, oh. Catherine needs to get medical equipment for her mother, which the total cost is $24,000, which is insane. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right? Welcome to America. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so she accuses Caleb of being selfish because he wants this boat and she, you know, kind of needs this money to, like, help with her mother's medical equipment and bills. But he isn't willing to give it up because he wants that fucking boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I can, like, almost understand his point of view here. Where it's like, well, it's my money. I'm going to do what I want with it. But, like, come on. She's your fucking wife. Like, it's It's, her, it's your mother-in-law. It's your mother-in-law. You yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't see once him going over to, like, visit his in-laws at, at all. At all. Like, it sucks. No. And he only sees... Now, see... Later on in the movie, he has this conversation with a co-worker, and he's like, I don't, or his dad, I can't remember one, which one, and he's like, yeah, you know, everything was fine, but then, like, a year ago, she became really distant, and, you know, a bitch, and a pain in the ass, and it's like, dude, her mom had a stroke a year ago, and her life has been a stress fuck, and you aren't helping her. Yeah, That's oh. why she's stressed the fuck out. It's yeah, so like, weird. There was just, like, this sudden shift in my wife. Weird. I have no idea what happened. Anyways, her mom had a stroke, but I'm buying a boat. <laughs> yeah, and then she's also frustrated about, like, this weird B-plot where he really likes internet porn, and he just kind of, like, sits in front of the computer and, like, stares at it on his two days off. Yeah, he doesn't actually jerk off. Well, they is- can't, obviously they can't show that. Okay, but who just sits and watches a screen? You don't know what I'm into. Like, come on, there's always interaction. There's always interaction. Gracie, I don't... With yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean... L- listen, come on. I, you know I'm right. Y'all can and I laugh. Mean, he's just... Where we talk about masturbation. 
And like he's Listen, just watching it. You gotta ring the devil's doornail, doorknob, oh whatever the fuck it is, doorbell. Well, Gracie, if you're gonna ring the devil's doorbell, <laughs> then you're never gonna get a ring on that finger. Oh fuck a ring! Um, <laughs> I can't do shit. But yeah, for me. so and he, <laughs> he's all, <laughs> and he's also like. While he watches it, he's, like, right there in the middle of the living room. Like, that's where the house computer is. <laughs> and and she, like... God they don't have children. And she straight up is just, like, yeah, you know, it comes up in the history, you dumbass. Like, I fucking know what you're watching. <laughs> well, uh, hey, like, I know that you're into stuff. <laughs> they They don't have kids. And that's a good thing. But also, you need to fuck to have kids. And they don't fuck. It's true. They don't even sleep true. in the he, same he, room. He, Dude, he, like, okay, they have this one argument near the beginning of the movie that, honestly, like, I'm telling that girl she needs to fucking leave because they have a fight and he starts pointing his finger at her and cornering her and going, you are such a disrespectful, selfish woman. And he, like, raises his fist at her. Yep. And then he walks out the room and goes and tears up the fucking trash can outside. <laughs> Honestly, but moved, all though. I could think was like, dude, he was going to straight up hit her if this movie was not PG. I've, well, honestly, though, I've seen arguments like that between people who love each other where it doesn't turn into them hitting each other, but they both want to hit each other. And it's like the pointed fingers and the raised fists and there is no hitting. Like, honestly... Like, I, I saw a video that was talking about how it's like, oh, if it wasn't PG, he would have hit her. I honestly don't actually believe that. As someone that, well, I'm not going to get too personal here, but I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that. I, I It's definitely but an abusive relationship. Experience. I just don't know if it's a physically <laughs> abusive relationship. I, I Yeah, it's super abusive emotionally. Yeah. Holy shit, he is a he is a nightmare. I would not want to be married to him. To be fair, she is also kind of being uh, like not a great partner. She's like cold. She's trying to manipulate his feelings and make him feel bad for every single thing that he does. She doesn't ask him any questions. She doesn't like and then she gets mad at him for not telling her stuff. Like there is blame on both sides, but mainly yeah, he's just being a dick. He's the douche. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, He's the I mean, worst. Um, I mean, like, her mother, like, the whole thing with, like, her mom and stuff and, like, how she, you know, has the second job or whatever. Because I, I guess she got the job because she had to, like, pay for her mother's uh, medical expenses or something. Like, is that the reason? And he, like, yells at her for having a job because how dare she have a job? Oh, I thought she had the job like, from, like, before that. I, I didn't know. No, I think it was, yeah. like, I, I don't actually know because they don't really get into that, but he he resents that she doesn't stay home. And, like, you know, she also has valid points about the fact that, yeah, he works 24-hour shifts at a time, but he is home for two days. Yeah, he has 48 hours He can hours wash the fucking dishes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she works five and six days a week. He can wash a fucking dish. <laughs> you know, like, she has to carry the emotional labor and the physical labor involving the house. The only thing she doesn't fucking do is cut the yard. You know? Like, he could be better about that. Yeah. Um, like, just the so, fact that he pays for the house does not excuse him for not doing chores around the house. Exactly. Um, there's also this one scene where he's having this conversation with, uh, his work buddy, 
and um, Michael, I think, the, the black fireman that he's really close to, uh, and as they're having this conversation about all this shit, he's like, yeah, my wife, like, she's constantly nagging me, and she's so over-emotional, and I'm pretty sure she's with her girlfriends right now having a good cry about it, and then it cuts to her having a good cry with her girlfriends It's like about how he's a selfish pain <sighs> in the ass. That scene is <laughs> hilarious, but it's also so bad. I did laugh. <laughs> also, that's not how you fucking exercise. Not at all. God. The way he was lifting oh, the weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he's, like, power, like, pulling it back, but he's doing it real fast because he's mad, I guess. And I'm just, like, he's using not, the rowing machine. Yeah, I'm, like, that's not how you do that. Like, you're you're not getting anything out of this. You're just hurting yourself, sir. Mm -hmm. You need to slow down. Yeah. (laughs) It was bad. Um, So after... uh, Oh, actually... There's this really... During that conversation, um, his his friend mentions counseling. And he's like, (laughs) yeah, this is how I work things out with my wife as we went to counseling. And then Caleb is like, we're not gonna... I don't need counseling for my marriage. My marriage is fine. And then he, like, gives some really good advice... And then he's like, wow, where did you hear that? Counseling. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking twit. What an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So after they have this conversation, they get a phone call for one of the calls. And let me tell you, I am already personally attached to Michael. He's a great guy, right? He's got a good sense of humor. But they get this call for a car that's stuck on the tracks. Dude. My heart was pounding. That was some A-plus thrilling shit. I was like, oh my god, Michael's gonna fucking die. I already He's knew it was die. gonna happen, and I still, like, my heart was through my, like, in my throat. <sighs> oh. Because they had to lift the whole fucking car off the tracks and drag it, and, like, Yo. the train barely grazed the dude. But you thought for sure he was gonna get fucking hit. I was having fried green tomatoes, you know, flashbacks. Like, not buddy! holy shit yeah it was uh it was quite thrilling and then like suddenly you know you think he's about to get hit but it actually just knocks his uh um his hat off and you're like thank god is he okay is he okay (laughs) did he scrape his butt on the train (laughs) <laughs> and then he sits down and he just starts praying and i was like yeah bro i'm with you there <laughs> he had some line about how uh he's not afraid of dying because he knows where he's going he just doesn't want to go out by getting hit by a train and i'm like honestly <laughs> mood <laughs> yeah and i think one of the other really good lines in the movie was when um you know i think i just uh you know, push the line, it like towed the line of how far I can go without actually dying. <laughs> and so Caleb was like, next time, don't step over it. Yeah, it was, it was like, <laughs> I, I broke my record for how close I can come to dying. Well, don't break it again. <laughs> don't break it. Uh, uh, honestly, if I was him, I probably would have shit myself. Like, that's. <laughs> he probably did. That's why he had yeah. to sit on the floor and collect himself. He's like, how am I going to explain to my friends I just shit my pants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I understand, bro. <laughs> We've all been And there. then he looks at Caleb and is like, please don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> please don't tell my wife I shit my pants. I mean that I almost <laughs> died. Um, so after this, uh, you know, 
Caleb's been reflecting. He has another fight with Cat, and then he ends up going to his parents. Um, <laughs> can we talk about how he beats dad... up his fucking trash can with a baseball bat? Oh, he go he goes. Dude, like... Mr. Rudolph is the funniest part of this whole fucking movie. Honestly, yeah. Every time Caleb goes outside to tear some shit up, Mr. Rudolph's over in the yard doing some shit. Caleb, <laughs> Mr. Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so anyway, he goes to visit his dad, and his dad is Discount Dick Cheney. <laughs> he does look like Discount Dick Cheney. Yeah, and his dad is just like, um, he's like, you know what? Hold off on the divorce proceedings. Like, we're, you know, you're gonna do this thing that like saved our marriage, and can- I'm gonna send it in the mail. <laughs> Why didn't he just give it to him? Thank you. Well, okay, they do actually explain why he didn't give it to him later in the movie, but that's your thought going on. Because he had to write it all down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, Caleb's like, fine, whatever, I'll do it. Like, very disgruntled, doesn't want to do it at all. Also, he fucking nags on his mom, too. And he's like, God, mom's such a fucking bitch. I don't know why you didn't leave her. He's, like, complaining about his mom so much. And then, like, his mom, literally in the living room, she's talking to him. And she's, like, trying to be like, hey, why don't you consider her perspective? Let's take a look at things from how she's feeling. Like, why does she feel this way? Why is she doing this? Maybe it's because of these things affecting her life. And he's just, like, ripping into her. Like, no, you're wrong. She's the bitch. I'm right. I'm the only one who knows what's going on here. Dad, I need to talk to you alone. Uh, Yeah, and you're like, wow. Caleb, you are a sexist piece of shit. Like, you've got some serious fucking... Like, what even is, like, the deal with him hating his mom so much? He just doesn't respect women, I think. such a sweet woman. (laughs) He needs to drink that respect uh, women juice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big sip. <laughs> um so he he gets the thing in the mail. Uh, and uh or before that, he and um Michael have a discussion about salt and pepper. <laughs> and one of the lines I remember cuz you know, like salt and pepper even though, you know, they're separate things and they have different tastes and flavors together, they work perfectly. Like that's the analogy. Mm-hmm. Cool. But one of the things that Caleb said that made me literally laugh out loud was when he goes, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm better than most. <laughs> I didn't Boy, even no. register that. Holy shit. And you're like, um, listen, Caleb, you trash. <laughs> I want to say one line from that scene that I actually do, like, unironically love is uh, so Caleb is like complaining about his relationship as always and he's like well our relationship isn't fireproof and then Michael comes in like like that and he's fucking like fireproof doesn't mean that a fire will never come just that if one does come you'll be able to withstand it and I'm like fuck yeah I love that like dude and like unironically there was some super great advice in that love dare book that he gets there's a lot of good advice in that love dare book I was like unironically like good advice i think my favorite advice like this is the part where he starts doing the little things you know Mm -hmm. like try not to speak negatively to her you know frame it differently you know uh do something nice for her and again don't speak negatively three day three buy something for her you know day three is do something call and check on her see if she needs something it's you know honest oh can we talk about (laughs) the greatest scene in all of cinema (laughs) 
the hot sauce scene? No, I was talking about the coffee scene. He's like sitting there, pours her coffee, like adjusts it, and he's thinks oh, he, yeah. he's so proud of himself. And then she walks down like, and he's like, I poured you coffee. And she's like, I don't have time for coffee. And then just leaves. And he's like, and he dumps the coffee from the cup into the into the yeah, sink. Yeah, he grabs so, the coffee maker and dumps it all down. Because he's <laughs> like, so fucking mad. Because he's like, "Look at me, I'm a good boy. I'm helping out my wife." And then she's like, "I'm sorry, I don't have time for coffee." And he's like, "That bitch! How dare she not say how great I am for pouring her some coffee?" It's how like, dare she not what? thank me for this tiny thing that I did for her? <laughs> Honestly. Isn't that how all nice guys are, though? Yeah. Like, nice guys TM? Literally, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's literally a nice guy trademark. Exactly. <laughs> I did a thing. I deserve a punch on this punch card. And then if I get six punches, then I get to have sex with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, crazy. I, I poured you coffee, so that means I get a punch in the punch card. And it's like, I, I but, 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 like... Any girl out there has, or and and in some cases, because you know, not all men. Um, but you know, there are nice trademark nice girls out there too. But like, everybody has met that one person who like does something kind of nice, like buys them a coffee or whatever, and they're just like, "Do I get a treat now?" And it's like, "Fuck off!" Oh my God, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. You can't do something nice and expect something in return. That kind of just, like, backhands the whole reason you were being nice in the first place. Yeah. Be nice without an agenda. Yeah. Which is a, a lesson that Caleb does eventually fucking learn. But, Jesus, it takes him, like, 20 days to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's the whole um, point of these scenes at the beginning is to show that he, like, he kind of doesn't really give a shit about what he's doing. He's just doing it because his dad said he has to. Yeah, well, yeah. like, for example, the flowers, like, those, he, he like, gets a deal on the flowers, oh right? My, yeah. And they're, like, yes. a, the crinkliest, like, shitty-lookingest like, flowers ever. Cheapest flowers he, he oh, could and get. And a box of chocolate. Cheapest chocolates? chocolate he could get, like. Oh, uh, stuffed animal? Ugh, no thanks. Like, oh, that's too much for me. Like, she, like he's basically saying she doesn't deserve this amount of money, which I know it's, it's all about the, like, uh, the the gospel of like having more money is good or whatever but like you know your wife should be worth something and you are saying what you think she's worth in that scene yeah yeah you're saying that she's not worth shit exactly so fuck you um one of the one of my favorite scenes in this movie though is the hot sauce scene oh my god like, same it's so funny because there's this one guy who is not a recruit. He's been on the force for a while. Like, he's the funniest dude. I don't know his name, like, the actor, and he hasn't really been in a lot of stuff, but he fucking cracks me up. Like, there's that one scene where he's dancing in the mirror and, like, building himself up, and we've, you know, we've, and then, like, one of yeah. the coworkers find him. Well, that's the thing. And then he's like... We've, we've all been there where, like, you're just looking at the mirror, which is, like, me every day, and you're like... Hey, hot stuff. Oh, you look so good today. I've hey. never been there, but that's because I hate myself. <laughs> well, maybe wow. you need to start doing that, Donnie, to stop hating yourself, okay? Just, like, look in the mirror and be like, man, I look fucking amazing. Hashtag thanks, I'm cured. It's literally not even the first time somebody's given me that exact same advice. Oh. Oh. I'm so- I'm sorry. I was just... I'm sorry. I no, know, it's baby. it's good advice. Like it's it's a great you know life hack. To I, like make obviously it's not gonna happen in one day, but like I mean, it takes forty it, days. 
Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's not going to cure your depression, but like, it might alleviate your depression maybe a little bit, but like, not really. Because depression is very real. Just don't listen to Katy Perry's roar. You should listen to Bo Burnham's Kill Yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, Donnie, but it is, it's fantastic. I have, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I want to just say um, about the the dude that's like talking himself up in the mirror. I'm like 99% sure that that character is gay. <laughs> oh yeah, cuz he overcompensates his manhood. Yeah, he's like talking times. about how hot he is and how he he'll have all the ladies and like a tan beauty on my arm and like, mhm, yeah, <laughs> you're gay. Uh, so Donnie, <laughs> uh, now here's the question because I know the answer. Yes, yes. The answer is yes. Okay, we don't need to ask the question. The answer is yes. Shut up. Uh, I knew it. I knew from his body type. It's your Shut type up. of guy. I hate you. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's my type of guy too. Like, I like a big teddy bear. Thank I even, you. I was even when I was even telling Ashley that when we were watching, I was like, honestly, though, he's got a good sense of humor. Like he's kind of a dick, but it's okay. Oh he's not like he's not a bad he's not guy. Mean. He's just a little. He's he's a funny dick, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, if he found the right person, he would be fine. He needs a little home training. Exactly. But it, it's nothing that can't be handled. It's true. Training. Gracie was just like, "That's the type of guy I'm gonna end up like marrying." I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of guy I was dating when Ashlyn came down here the last time. So, <laughs> so never mind. Uh, um, but yeah, the hot sauce scene, they like get two things of uh, hot, God hot. What was it? God's like, the wrath of God. God's wrath. Yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Wrath of and, God. Uh, and so they're like, yeah, we're going to guzzle this hot sauce. And I looked, I, I, well, I didn't look at Ajeline because she's not in the room with me, but I'm telling Ajeline, I was like, dude, there's tomato juice or, like, tomato sauce or ketchup in one of these. Like, one of these is not hot sauce. And I was 100% correct. Yeah. Dude gets put in <laughs> uh, his place. He's like, I, yeah, oh, yeah, I can do anything that you could do better, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, drink this hot sauce. He, he drinks his in, like, 23 seconds or something. And the other guy, like, it's, like, 20 seconds, and he gets, like, a tiny little bit of the hot sauce down, and then he, like, vomits. True story. Um, for this scene, it was supposed to be tomato juice in both of them, and he was only supposed to act like it was hot, but they actually did put hot sauce in his. So that part where he's running off, oh my god, my mouth's on fire, that was real. And good on him for not breaking character when he found out they actually put hot sauce in it. Yeah, Yeah. fucking no kidding. Holy (laughs) shit, that's awful. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, Um, that's not even, like, that's some, some pretty good directing. Yeah, that was that was good. That was a good scene. It was a genuine reaction when he's getting up to go throw up. Like he's 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 really burning. Yeah. Um so uh after this we you know, we see more montages of him going through the days and he's on day sixteen and day sixteen is to pray for her. Um and I think one of the next scenes is where he has to, like, make her a candlelit dinner. So he goes all fucking out on this dinner. Well, he asks Michael, and, and then Michael tells him to go all out on it. Yeah, go all out. Like, best <laughs> food. If you can't cook, order the best food. Like, don't be cheap. Mm-hmm. So he does. He goes all out, and she comes home, and she's just confused. And honestly, if my husband was as much of a dick as he had been to her... 
for over a year and then all of a sudden he's doing all of these nice things like it's like I what do you like want i was being gaslit yeah yeah exactly and like the reaction <laughs> she has when she walks out the door is so real like she walks in she sees what he's doing she doesn't even say anything she just like has this shocked Goes look she like takes two steps backwards and then walks up to her room she's like i have no idea what's happening but i am terrified yeah right like she's pretty sure her abusive emotionally abusive husband probably has a fucking knife or a gun somewhere this is america like you know yeah (laughs) and they're in the middle of a bad divorce and he's probably got a good fucking life insurance policy on her (laughs) oh my god gracie (laughs) listen this is america yeah (laughs) and they live in georgia I'm just can saying. you so legally you kill your wife? Can you legally what? No, you can't legally kill your wife. Well, if, it, <laughs> if she's trying to divorce you and God is telling you to kill oh her, gosh. then can Shut you up, legally? Ashleen. It's America, right? No, it's yes, but it's it's it is the president's America. It is not God's America. See, all he has to do here, here, I'll tell you, all he has to do is say. I didn't realize it was her. I thought it was an intruder. Boom. Stand your ground. <laughs> He's scot-free and he gets the life insurance policy. Can we talk? Can we continue? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, after after this, he calls his dad. Um, well, no, she comes back downstairs and she tells him, she's like, dude, I don't love you. Yeah. Like, stop. That was like, <laughs> quit. Oh, that's a really good line. She's like. I do not love you. Fuck. It's, I it, That got me. <laughs> yeah, and then she, like, runs back upstairs because she's horrified. She's terrified of him. Yeah. Um. So well, d- he, does he calls his dad the next day. Does he go out and, like... Shit. Oh, fuck off, cat. Did he? I don't Baseball remember. Baseball bat to the trash can? Well, did, yeah, <laughs> did he do that after that happened? Uh-huh, and then he calls his dad to bitch and moan about her bitching and moaning. <laughs> Thought, she's being a bitch Ooh. she doesn't like, love me even though i bought her a really nice dinner yeah and then this is where we get him going to visit his dad um again and it's like the halfway mark of the 40 days it's like day 20 or day 21 at this point so he goes to visit his dad and he's like god this is like the worst fucking thing and his dad's like yeah the halfway point was the worst part but you know what you know, w- w- explain to me what she's doing wrong. And so Caleb is like, it doesn't matter what I do for her. She doesn't love me back. She told me she doesn't love me. And I don't understand because I do all of these things for her because I love her. And she doesn't do anything for me in return. And I don't understand how I can continue to love her when she doesn't love me. And then his dad goes, you know who else did that, buddy? <laughs> Jesus. He just stands next to the cross and he's like, Huh, I wonder how that feels. I I will say, like, the framing of this movie uh, and the camera work, pretty top-notch, like, for that moment. Like, really good, yeah. Like, I mean, it was preachy, but, like, I was just like, "Mm, I see what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't preachy in the way some of the other movies we have watched, where they're just beating you over the head with it. It's more <laughs> subtle, like, you get his point. And then Caleb was like, oh, I never thought of it like that. And then he and his dad kind of have a heart-to-heart about it, and he becomes saved. His Okay, his dad this- gives him the worst advice in the world, though. 
His dad is like, your relationship is not based on feelings. Like, mm hmm. Mm. That is a sign that something is very wrong. <laughs> you well, should be I mean, in love uh, it's with based your on wife. Exchange, it was based on exchanges uh, without expecting anything in return. <sighs> or something like that, is what he said. Yeah, it's like. It's like, oh, you're not supposed... Because your feelings can be led astray or whatever. Like, I, I I understand what he meant, but honestly, like, your relationship is not based on feelings. Like, it should be. Well, you, you should love your wife. I mean, there... Yeah, obviously. Uh, but the thing in this movie that is a little bit preachy is they have this whole, like, don't get divorced because divorce is yeah. the worst thing that you can do because like divorce is the worst yeah. possible thing that you could ever yeah, do later on later on in the movie he has the conversation with michael and mm-hmm. michael's like yeah you know like tina or whatever her name is is a very good woman i'm very lucky to have her you know as a wife we have our ups and downs but he said you know i did some dumb shit like i've been divorced you know, and then Caleb's like, like what? You've been divorced? What? You never told me. We've worked you? together for so long. What the hell? Like, Yeah, apparently Michael had cheated on his first wife, I think. It's implied if that, If I remember yeah. correctly. And then, like, they got a divorce, and then he straightened up, and he became a better person. He found God and all that. And then when he went back to find his first wife, he she'd already moved on from him. And he's like, that's one of the biggest regrets of my life is because I hurt her, and I know I did. And... You know, I can't do anything about that now. Which is kind of but, a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Like, he still feels regret for the horrible thing he did to her. And he that's why he strives to be a better husband to his second wife. Yeah, the nice thing I mean, about it is that he actually, unlike Caleb, admits that he was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, that's the thing in this movie is, like, they treat him having been divorced as like a social pariah Mm -hmm. and i mean like being divorced is not like that anymore like it was maybe in the 60s and 70s and maybe the 80s but like now it's just it's kind of a common thing because yeah unless you you talk to christians it's still talked about like that in christian circles Weird. Well, see, the thing is, now is, like, there's less of a divorce rate. Like, the divorce rate has gone down every single year for the past five years. And that's because people are able to have the freedom to explore other partners. And when they finally do settle down with someone and marry them, it's because... They know that's the person they want to be with, and that's and it's a good, healthy think, relationship, and it's not going to end in divorce. Do you think it's divorce. also because uh, more people are accepting of polyamory, uh, or po- polyamorous relationships? <laughs> no. You t- I mean, it might, like, there might be the tiniest little I'm bit just saying, as a, wo- like, as a bisexual woman who goes on Tinder, that's there is a get. lot of poly people out there, okay? And they are there's a lot of In people who words, say that they're poly, but are they poly or are women. they cheating? Um, that's a good question. That's why I'm like kind of skeptical about polyamory, right? I mean, like, do yeah. what you got to do. Uh, a lot of them are like, oh yeah, like I'm poly and like my you know significant other knows and like we're cool. And then there's others who are like, we just kind of want a unicorn, <laughs> and you're like, Ugh, god damn it. Another! I will not be your unicorn! Why not, though? That sounds like fun. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if that's, like, what you're into, then, like, that's cool, but I don't want to be somebody's unicorn. 
just for a bit. It's like a, it's like a, uh, you know, like you don't have to date them and marry them or whatever. You just like fuck around a little. No, I know, but you're expected to be dating both people in the relationship. Gross. Mm. That's why I don't want to be a unicorn. But you are a unicorn. You're beautiful, and I love you. And also, your tears heal my soul. And in the LGBT community, bisexuals don't it's exist. True. Also, yeah, you don't fucking exist. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm half gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one of the things I actually, we haven't actually talked about is that Kat has this ongoing kind of flirtation with Dr. Gavin Keller at work mm-hmm. and he's like this milk toast white <laughs> dude right and like he's nice to her he's kind to her he listens to her when she talks you know she he's doing everything to charm her because her husband's not doing that and it's part of the reason she kind of wants to get a divorce well they've been carrying on this flirtation and uh then Caleb ends up going to a fire where uh, he has to save this little girl. Very heart racing, you know. Uh, it's a lot scene. less heart racing when you're watching it in double speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but he he does manage to get out. But he gets like first degree burns on his arm and stuff. And then when he goes to the hospital to get treated, you know, his wife comes down and of course she's like, "You okay?" Well, yeah, I'm fine. And then who should be treating him but Dr. Gavin? Oh, no. And you think something's going to come of this, but really nothing ever does. Well, the nurse goes up and she's like, "Uh, this is your husband, right? And then she looks over at Dr. Gavin and she's like, yep, yep, it is. Yep. (laughs) And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) But to be fair, Dr. Gavin doesn't seem to hold it against her. Yeah, not at all. Um, Because he does end up paying some money. Like, right after the scene is when uh, she finds out that someone is paid for uh, her mom's wheelchair and mom's... um, Hospital bed. Hospital bed. Yeah. And she goes up to Gavin, like, the day after, and she's like, you know, because she thinks it was him. And she's like, oh, thank you so much, you know, because for helping me. And he's like, oh, it was no problem, you know, anything I can do to help. And then... It was, like, right after this scene that Caleb finds out that his wife has the hots for Gavin. Yeah. And at this point, he's really actively trying to save his marriage. Um, I'm not sure if the her getting sick part comes before after. or after. Yeah, like, so she gets sick, and they have this conversation, and she's already served divorce papers to him at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he, he says that, you know, he's so sorry, and she's discovered the Love Dare book that he's been reading. And he's like, yeah, I really am trying to be a better person. And you can tell there's definitely a change in his attitude and stuff. Like, he's obviously started to actually pay attention to the words he's reading. Oh, my God. That scene, that's the scene that made me tear up, actually. Really? Uh, oh, the it part was, where he's laying his soul bare to her? He, he fucking gets on his knees, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be some cheesy, like, I've changed or whatever. And the first words out of his mouth are, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, for the whole next, like, two minutes, he has, like, the most real apology that I've seen, like, in years. Like, you watch movies, and you see YouTube videos of people apologizing, and it's like, 
yeah, this is fake, or they're just doing it because they had to. But, like, this guy is, like, clearly actually very sorry for all the shit that he's done. And he even says something to the effect of, like, I'm not going to ask you for forgiveness or something like that, but, you know, I would welcome it if you gave it to me. But, like, he's not begging for forgiveness for her. I'll be honest. He wants her to know how apologetic he is. She... Like, this movie's ending would be so different if it wasn't for one other line. Because she discovered the Love Dare book, right? And Mm -hmm. she talks to him about it, and she's like, so what day are you on? And then he says, I'm on day 43. And she says, there's only 40 days. And he says, well, there's no reason why I should have to stop there. If that didn't happen, if he was only on, like, day 38 or something, she would definitely be leaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, the only sure. reason she ended up changing her heart at the end was because of the fact that he was going on about it, like, past the last day. Yeah. 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 You could tell. Like, she was very impressed that he was continuing on, even though he'd already hit the 40-day mark. Yeah. Like, he was still wanting to work at this. It wasn't just an end goal um, for him. Like, he really did want to I will have marriage. to say for the sure. fact that he went to um, Chick-fil-A to get her chicken noodle soup was um why would you go to Wait, why would you go to chick-fil-a to get chicken noodle soup when there's so much better things for, at chick-fil-a i mean like yeah they're garbage but like that's some good chicken well i think i think he went girl no he went somewhere <laughs> for chicken noodle soup and he just knew that chick-fil-a had it right well chick-fil-a is a christian organization is it actually is that why they're fucking homophobic? yes yeah. Yes. They are closed on Sundays and their CEO and their board give directly to anti-LGBT charities. Oh my god. But that's some good chicken. Fuck them, but god damn it, why is their chicken so good? Like, I don't eat Chick-fil-A, but like... I've never eaten Chick-fil-A because I don't think we have any No, we don't. Um, I I have, which I feel really... I know. You've tasted the forbidden fruit. I've tasted the forbidden fruit! To be fair, Ashling tried it before she found out that they were homoph- homophobic fuckheads. Um, but also, I did get a free meal when I went. Because if you go there and you're like, oh, yeah, I've like legit never tried Chick-fil-A before, they'll give you a free meal. <gasps> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Listen to that, gays. Ooh. Go over to Chick-fil-A and, 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 and gouge all of their money it's from true. them by stealing free I food. I was so surprised. Yeah, just just don't go to your local Chick-fil-A. Just go to one. Like, <laughs> the t- and then you're go to the same back Chick-fil-A the every day for a year and keep telling them you've never been. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Don't give them money, but take their food. Exactly. <laughs> don't fuck give them their money. business practices. Um, yeah, fuck them. All right, so after they have this conversation, he finds out about Hot Dot Gav, even though he's not hot. Wait, no, no, and no, he found out about the- him. Th- this was before the conversation that he found out about Gavin. Oh, well, I know that there is one area where, like, you see after the conversation that, um, or no, Caleb goes to Dr. Gavin, and he's like, listen, I'm fighting for my wife, and mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking do the right thing here, and you're going to leave her the fuck alone. Oh, that was the, the part where uh, <laughs> Dr. Gavin, like, take, took off, put on his... No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. What ends up happening is Kat approaches him, like, the next day, and then he's like, he brushes her off, and then when he goes back into his office... He pulls out his wedding ring... 
puts it back on. You scamming people. And then also shit. there was the fact that like she had gone up to him and she was like, "Hey, thank you so much," because she finds out that somebody paid for all of her mother's medical equipment, which is a huge. Yeah, I already, I already covered oh. this. Yeah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I have ADD. Okay. So do I. I do too. Or ADHD. Ashleen, you can't use that excuse when everybody else here has attention deficit. I know, but like I blank out, okay? Sometimes that's just what happens. And then I'll say it and then like (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think I think so. there's there's another really good line, and it, it ties into him pulling out his wedding ring, and then like he considers putting it on, and then like he puts it back in his drawer. There's a line that Cat uh, uh, is like, she's like having lunch with some old lady or whatever, oh. and uh, she like the old lady has a really really good point. She she's like, well, he knows you're married, and he's still going after you. What makes you think he won't do this with someone else? And we just found out that he's married. So like, which cat? Cat never finds out. No, cat never finds out. But we, as the audience, now suddenly know that like, oh, he's the kind of person who would be a very bad relationship for her because he yeah, would end up exactly. cheating on her. Um, even so, though he's milk toast and anyway, ugly. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, he would end up cheating on her, like, which is the biggest problem that she has with her husband, is that he, like, likes porn or whatever, so he doesn't love her. Yeah, also, at this point, he has utterly destroyed the computer, <laughs> yeah. um, like, and took a baseball back to it. And again, Doc- Mr. Rudolph's just standing there on the porch. With this- Caleb. <laughs> His wife's there, and he's, and he's like, don't you talk to that Caleb guy. He's weird. And she goes, so are Yeah, you. it takes one it to know one. 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 To know one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Cat uh, ends up going back to the medical supply place after she feels better. And when she gets there, you know, she's like, oh, well, you know, like, I just want to make sure everything's paid for, like, completely 100%. And she was going to get new anything. linens for it, too. Yeah, she came to get sheets. And um, she goes, because I'm pretty sure that Dr. You know, Dr. Keller didn't cover the sheets. And the lady goes, you know, um, the doctor only gave $300. Uh, $24,100 were given by your husband. <gasps> and then, oh, the like, one of the great, like, fuck, this scene is shot so well. Because, like... She she hears this and she, then she starts like processing like, it and the receptionist is like still talking but then it like starts fading out and then the music comes on and like uh cat is just, just like walking out of the place. Yeah, she's in complete shock and then she is sobbing and then she like you can tell she's overly emotional because here she is like fighting her husband all this time when he's trying to do better and he has not told her that he has spent all of his savings on helping her mother yep. and her father. Like she only finds out because the nurse, you know, tells her or the the representative tells her that, you know, her husband was the one that paid the bill. Yeah, like he did it and, out of the goodness of his heart, not with the expectation of getting a reaction out of her. Like he didn't exactly. want his wife to know. He just wanted to do that for her. Exactly. And so she goes home and she's sobbing and she's so happy because she realizes that he has changed. He wants to be a better person because if he didn't, he would have told her and rubbed it in her face. Mm -hmm. You know? So 
she's she's trying to get ready for him and she's like putting on her makeup she's like you've got to stop crying she's like putting on her makeup and like starts sobbing and she's like you gotta stop crying like, that's a, that's me putting on my uh, drag makeup every time <laughs> yeah but why are you crying oh i just like look my i look at myself in the mirror and i immediately start bawling because <laughs> you real, you finally realize that you've been a clown all this yep. time. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> got him. I've got um, the makeup, but where are my clown shoes? <laughs> I'm Boo Boo the Fool. Yakety sax playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um so <laughs> she finishes getting ready she finishes she getting ready fire station what is she fetishizing yeah she fetishizing i said she's oh finishing getting ready she finishes you, no, you said fetish fetish size like fetish she did no, not I say said that she finishes getting i misheard ready. you and that's why i was like what 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 kind of fetish is that <laughs> Jesus Honestly, Christ, that's actually. my kind of fetish. <laughs> Getting ready so on time. She puts on a sweater <laughs> and this cute red dress. And she goes to the fire station where he's working for 24 hours. And Chubby Dude comes running in and he's like, dude, your wife's outside. What? No, or Michael no, says no, that. No, it was Michael that did. Yeah. Michael did. Michael came, Michael came in and he's like, dude, Catherine's outside. And Caleb's like, what? What's wrong? He's like, nah, man, just go to her. Just go to her. <laughs> just so Caleb go goes to running her. out thinking something the fuck is wrong, I guess. And then all of the other guys are like, wait, Catherine's here? And they're trying to get out. But no, Michael, they don't like, know that she's there. Because the Michael said it like real quiet. He was like, you just need to go. And then everybody like tries to go to the door to see what's going on out there. And there, and like, Michael's nah. just like, "Hey, get get out! You nothing to see here. There's nothing going on. Don't worry." And about then he's it. like, and then he yeah. he ends up saying, "He's like, yeah, Caleb's starting a fire out there." And you're like, <laughs> "Why is he starting a fire out there? Not that kind oh, of fire, yeah. you idiot! Not a real fire, you dumbass." Um, so Caleb comes out and he sees Catherine standing there, and she says, "Like, I can't remember exactly, but it's something." Um, oh, like, she's like, if I haven't told you that you're a good guy, then you're a good you guy. are. And if I haven't told you that I forgive you, I do. And if I haven't told you that I love you, I do. And then they, like, run over to each other and make out. <laughs> except that yeah. that's... And the movie ends with a Except that out. that's not her. It's actually his real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of my trivias. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a scene... I don't know how important this scene is, but at the at the end, he's talking to his dad, and he's like, thank you so much, this, like, saved my marriage or whatever, and then his dad is like, oh. actually, I was where your oh, wife was, I- and it was your mom who did the love dare, and then suddenly Caleb's like, oh my god, I've been such a fool, I've treated my mother so poorly, and he drinks his respect women juice, and he goes over, and he hugs his mom, and he apologizes. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, the thing I want to say about this, uh, first of all, the part where they find out that uh, Caleb and, and Catherine are back together and, like, uh, Dick Cheney knockoff looks so happy and, <laughs> and, and stuff. And I'm like, man, Dick Cheney hasn't been this happy since the Iraq War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is the exact joke she said while we were watching it. But I mean, like, even his mom knew what a sexist oh, piece of shit he was. Oh, I know. It was like, hey, Yo. son, you're a sexist piece of shit, so I'm going to pretend like your dad was the one who did everything. Yeah. And that, well, that's yeah. why his dad had to mail it to him, was because he had to, like, spend an entire day writing out this fucking notebook because it was written in his mom, like, it was written in his wife's uh, writing, and he knew that, like, his dumbass, sexist, piece of shit son wasn't going to accept this gift from his mom. He's never going to try and fix his marriage based on his mom's advice. Yeah, well, because like, women don't know what they're talking about. Only Women don't know how to fix relationships. Only men <laughs> well, exactly. do. You and need... then he learns at the end that he was wrong. So basically yeah. what his dad w- did was mansplain his mom's points. <laughs> you know, with 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 her like oh consent, well, yeah, obviously. obviously. But like that's because they both were came to the consensus that their son was a like, sexist. There's no piece way of, Caleb's gonna listen. Yeah, he's not gonna listen like, to me because he's a piece of shit. Which, like, honestly, that is one of the most feminist messages that you could put into a Christian film. He's like, Honestly, like yeah. the the main point of the story is like, hey, your wife was right the whole time. Your mom was right the whole time. You should have just listened to them from the beginning and we could have avoided this whole shit and also be a better husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as trivia is concerned, um, as Ageline mentioned, Kirk Cameron, who is a Christian evangelist, refuses to kiss any woman other than his wife, so to film a scene in which his character in the movie kisses his wife, the filmmakers had to dress up Cameron's real-life wife, Chelsea Noble, as the wife character, um, and shoot the kissing scene in shadows so the difference between Noble and Bethia would not be super evident. And it uh, it Um, looks good. It's a good-looking scene. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, also, Bill Stafford, who plays Mr. Rudolph, is actually a traveling traveling evangelist who was visiting for a church event. Um, so all of the scenes with Mr. Rudolph outside saying, Caleb, um, were filmed on the same day, <laughs> and Kirk Cameron was never on the other side of the scene. He was just staring at a blank wall, going, Caleb. <laughs> me. Which makes it a hundred times funnier <laughs> yeah. to me. That is so good. So they never actually saw each other. That was what was so funny about it. I was like, "That's great, that's fantastic." That's some good. Um, ass uh, I've got one too. Yep. That's so. <gasps> so okay. filming the house fire scene, one local TV station showed up, thinking it was a real fire. Oh my god! Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Oh, can we talk about Which the house t- fire scene real quick? I just wanted to mention he's a fucking firefighter. He's the captain. And he's in this house fire. He takes off his fucking helmet like an idiot. He takes off his fucking jacket and wraps it around this kid. And it's like, oh, it's so sweet. Literally any firefighter that you talk to will say that's complete bullshit. Because, like, rule number one of firefighting is make sure that you are safe so that you can actually protect other people. He takes off his fucking gas mask while there's toxic fucking smoke in there so that this little girl who's already unconscious can breathe like what a fucking idiot anyways that's all i had to say about that that's fair also that house was a real house being demolished and so they're like hey can we use it 
for our fire scene. So the house was literally on fire while they were doing it. Jesus Christ, actually? Yeah, he actually... Yep. And, and the whole terrifying. thing with like him cutting into the, the floorboard and stuff. He yeah. really did. Like, I mean, you can see Fun. it, but like it actually happened. It wasn't like fabricated. Yeah, it That's wasn't like a fake floorboard he so that he was panicked. going into. Pardon? <laughs> what, Gracie? I said that's probably why he was so panicked when he was pulling the boards up because it's like fuck I'm gonna die imagine if he fucking died on the shooting of this movie I wouldn't mourn him damn you cold Gracie but would you now like now that you've seen the movie and you're like oh he's a good actor or whatever I mean he's great at portraying an abusive fucking (laughs) douchebag I mean like (laughs) yeah this because we've done another Kirk Cameron movie and like Saving Which Christmas. Is, yeah. Like, oh, God. What a piece of shit. Yeah. That movie is hot garbage. This one. That's not even a no. movie. I refuse to call it that a film. It was not a film. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, presents are good because Jesus was a present. What? I haven't yeah. seen the movie and now Dude, I'm just listen upset. to the podcast. Don't don't suffer through an hour and ten minutes of that no. shit. <laughs> Can I watch it at double speed and just watch it in thirty minutes? You'll still hate yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's but not good. Seen, There's like a twenty minute scene at the end of it to make it pad out to be, um, you know. Uh, oh, was that the was that the minutes? ten minute dance party? There's like yes. a ten minute full fucking dance party. Why are we With talking about another movie? Rapping. <laughs> Ugh. It's giving me PTSD flashbacks. We have to stop. Um, Did you have any more trivia? Uh, No, Gracie. Trivia is usually your thing. Okay, well, sometimes you have some, right? My trivia was the the firefighters don't do that shit. That's my trivia. There you go. Boom. Even Donnie brought trivia. I I did have trivia. I know you did. Why are we fighting? Oh, oh, oh. I do have one more thing. (laughs) Okay, so in a deleted scene when Caleb uh, is giving Tyrell advice on marriage, he tells him, I'd be an atheist too if it wasn't for God. And Kirk Cameron was in fact an atheist until he was 17, and that's when he became a born-again Christian. And that's when everybody started getting fucking fed up with him on growing things. Ugh, he and his sister are the worst. Can Candace Cameron Burr? Ugh. Yeah, God. DJ. She's garbage too. Yeah, she's the one that wore the hail uh not today Satan shirt and didn't realize it was a drag queen yep. thing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what a fucking idiot. Um so yeah, let's talk about uh the tests. Oh, so boy. our first <laughs> test is yeah, the first test is the Bechdel test. <laughs> uh, two pass. named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man. Uh, when she's... Well, no. When she talks to her mom, she's talking it, about her husband. When she talks to her girlfriends, she's talking about the doctor or she's talking about her husband. When she talks to the nurse, she's talking about her husband. The other nurses all talking together is all about her husband. <laughs> Yeah, so which no, I will no have pass. to say, I, what was up with the friggin' sassy uh, black ladies? I was getting to that oh. when I got to the next one, which is the racial Bechdel test. Two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. There are like three 
black characters in this movie. Four, uh, four if you count uh, Michael's wife. Well, five then, because there's two um, black firefighters and then two black nurses and then Michael's wife. Yeah. Okay. Um, the two black nurses are sassy black women mm-hmm. who like do the whole snapping fingers and head roll thing. Very stereotypical. Not cool. You know, they're, like, gossipy and stuff like that. Like, they're one of the worst tropes as far as, like, when you hire welcome black to Georgia. people. What? So, welcome to Georgia. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's where true. the stereotypes, like, kind of are from. Yeah, it really is. And so, like, both of them did that. And then you have Michael, who is just a genuinely nice person. Yeah, Michael's not like, a stereotype, which feels good. He's no. not. He's and not. neither is his wife, either. No. Um, and neither is the other guy, uh, I think his name's Terrell. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the black fire, the other black firefighter. Like, he's not a stereotype either. The only ones that are stereotypes are the The two black women. Yeah. The two, the two Um, nurses. And that said, um, actually it doesn't pass the racial Bechdel test because none of them are on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. Oh, I guess like, when- on screen alone. I was going to say, because Michael and his wife have that conversation where they're talking about their hot date they're going to have. Yeah, but they're not alone. They're not alone, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's one of the key points. I will say the first um, the first Bechdel test, like, I almost give this movie, like, a like it's okay that you didn't pass it. Because the whole movie's about their relationship. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, then we have the Macomori test. Do you have a female character whose story isn't about pushing a male's narrative forward? And Catherine, she's a plot device for her husband. To um, learn how to be God. To be godlike and to be a good husband. So, like, she's, she's what the plot revolves around and pushes so it's a it's a which fail. is so and then we have the Duvernay which is test. so weird because like the whole you know part of the beginning where she's like um wants to marry her dad like it wouldn't like what why is it not her story and not and but it's like really his because men wrote this movie honey yeah yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> so garbage um and then we have the Duvernay test. Is there a person of character whose story arc isn't about pushing a white character's narrative forward? As much as I love Michael, oh, yeah, his entire story is about making his white friend feel better yeah. and leading him down a righteous path. And Terrell's whole character arc is about making his white friend feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it it doesn't pass. That's no. unfortunate. Um, but there are fleshed out characters who are of color who are not stereotypes. That's true. So if there was like, you know, a, a test for that, it would be there. Um, but I don't think there is. It's, uh, that's pretty easy to pass. So I feel like it doesn't need to be a test, right? Yeah. Well, it's very similar to the next test that I'm going to mention, which is the Vito Russo test. Um, are there people who identify um, on the gender, sexuality, or romantic minority spectrum? Um, uh, you know, LGBTQA plus, uh, and do they matter to the plot? Do they have agency? Are they more than just a stereotype? Um, and the answer to that is this is a no. Christian. Hell this no. is a Christian movie. It doesn't gay people exactly. Don't exist. Yeah. Although <laughs> I still say that that one firefighter is probably gay and in the closet. So like maybe 
if you think about yeah. it, like maybe. Yeah, well, he's not open and out. So yeah. It oh, that's count. true. <laughs> he's not. Uh, and open then the last, out. the last test is the sexy lamp test. Can you replace a named female character with the sexy lamp from a Christmas story and it not take away from the plot? You could pretty much replace all of the secondary female characters in you this pro- movie, except for Catherine. Yeah, you could probably replace her mother. <laughs> you her mom doesn't Catherine's say mother. anything you because she replace... was debilitated by a stroke. Yeah, she's literally a sexy lamp. <laughs> she's not even sexy. She's just a lamp. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> her mother is literally just a plot device and nothing else. Oh no! Okay. I'm just glad you didn't call her something else that popped into my head that I am not gonna say out loud. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll tell you after. Wait, what? No, no, no! You gotta say it now. Oh no! I was like, at least you didn't call her a vegetable. Oh my god! You are the worst. <laughs> oh no! You guys are awful. It's. Listen, you're laughing too. Don't even, don't even, don't I'm even. I'm horrified. I'm not laughing. I am horrified. I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. She says, holding back the laughter. <laughs> you sanctimonious shit. You were laughing your ass off over there. Don't play with me. <laughs> That's Obviously, scary. you can tell we love each other because we call each other sanctimonious shit. Um, <laughs> that's true friendship there. Uh, true friendship. <laughs> that's the only. That's the only gauge of true friendship. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm saying, at least you didn't call her that. Okay, that's a horrible thing to if call you thought someone. It. Um, nothing. What? <laughs> Say that. I shit said again. you thought it. I did. I'm not saying I didn't, and it's a very horrible thing to think. We all thought yeah. it. Ashley, I really hope you okay. edit this out, because this is going to offend the fuck out of people. Yep. <laughs> okay. this out. <laughs> I'm okay. serious. All right, everybody um, just heard three and a half minutes of silence, <laughs> and we are back on track. Um, so uh, when it comes to it, when it comes down to it, This is definitely not a feminist film. It doesn't pass anything. Um, I do think, though, like Donnie said, there are elements of feminism within it because Mm -hmm. ultimately it is the women who manage to tell the men not to be assholes and are able to change them. But then at the same time, it's not a woman's duty to change a man into into being a better person. Yeah, he should just know to do that, like, the fuck yeah yeah so like cool like for christian film definitely feminist but outwardly like we should not have to emotionally labor to change you <laughs> yeah it it is not their job to fix us you know that's <sighs> so fucking stupid so the next question is is the movie good i want to yeah. say yeah. yeah i mean yeah it's it's it's, it's good. Like, it's not good, good, you know? Like, on a scale of the eight Christian movies we have watched over the past two years, it's at the top. <laughs> it is, after after having just watched it, it is still a movie that I will recommend to people if they want to, like, dip their toes into Christianity but are scared. 
Like, yeah, like, this was Donnie's suggestion last year. This is what the movie he wanted to do when we were going to do Christian movies again. This is yeah. the one he wanted. Because I was like, so, it's the only good Christian movie. And so far that holds true. And I mean, it, it I, really for a does. Christian movie, it was, like, enjoyable to watch because all the other movies that we watched was literally, like, two hours of me going, God, I fucking hate this. God, I just well, fucking hate this. And I didn't do that It was with actually this. believable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the I, plot made sense, and, like, mm-hmm. it was about two people who want to save their marriage for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For like, some reason. I'll give you that. I can understand where each character is emotionally in each scene. Like, it feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that, too. Like, my my feelings when I finished watching was that... You know, not a bad movie. It made me... I was engaged the whole time. Mm -hmm. It had moments where I was actually genuinely scared for some of the characters, you know? It made Um, me tear up at one scene. Like, yeah. It it definitely hits the, you know, the emotional notes that it wants to hit. Like, I feel compassion for who I'm supposed to feel, feel compassion for. I still don't genuinely think that he's going to continue down this path because I do think that he is an abuser. But like, I think he's now, gonna try for a while. Yeah, he's gonna try for a while. I I still think they'll end up getting a divorce. <laughs> I really, the thing I like most about this idea is the or about this movie is the idea behind the movie. Like the idea of somebody like wanting to make that change and then being able to make the change and become a better partner and become like this better person. I I personally I think it's really cool and if. The relationship started off in a better place. I would like it a lot more. Like if he was yeah. like, if he had any redeeming qualities at the beginning of the movie that would make me believe that she would want to stay with him, I'd be like, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the one flaw of the movie. I will mm-hmm. say, actually, you know, I didn't really touch on it. My favorite part of this movie was actually the part where one of the rules in the book were to study your wife mm-hmm. because. Uh, you know, or to study your spouse. And the reason you need to study your spouse is because you don't just, you know, like, get a GED, right? Like, you need to continue your education. Your education doesn't stop. So, you know, like... You know, just because you graduated high school, just because you married the girl, it doesn't mean you're done studying. Like, you go to college, you go to university, you get a doctorate. You want to get a doctorate, you know? Like, you you want to understand every facet of her. There's always something new to learn. And I thought that was an interesting way to look at a relationship. Like, and the analogy wasn't, you know, like, materialistic. It made sense. Yeah. You know? They have, uh, they they included a link to a website, like, five times in the credits. And if you go to that website, it basically has, it has, like, the outline for the love dare. And it has all of the Bible verses in it. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. legitimately, if you look through it yourself, it's, like, these are just standard, like, good things to have in a good relationship, you know? Like, doing things for your partner, listening to them when they talk, not being mean to them, not talking about them behind their back, like, um, you know, all of this stuff. I will say, though, that the I website the- looks like it was made 10 years ago, and maybe they should update it. <laughs> and it was. It was made 10 years ago, and they did not I, update it. I just it. feel like maybe they should uh, hire somebody to make it a little bit more... Not ten. Someone's still paying for that web address. Somebody is. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah. Uh. I guess that's it. That's uh, the end of the movie. Also. Um. Next week we're doing a Halloween movie, and I do believe we will announce it today. 
because we haven't we haven't announced it before, and it's going to be practical magic. Ooh, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of what? that. Really, Donnie? Well, you've yeah. never seen practical. That's magic? like the best witch a- movie, or one of them. What? Dude, no, no, no. Twitches is the best witch movie. No. In it. no, the craft is one of the best witch movies. I'm I'm still gonna go on record as saying Twitches is my favorite witch movie. Oh, I thought you said the witches, oh, wow. and I was like, which one is oh, that? No. Is that the one from the eighties? Oh, that's Angelica Houston, and that is horror inducing. Oh no, I, I was talking about the one that had Cher in it. Oh, the witches yeah. of Eastwick. Yeah. Oh I yeah, I've seen, seen that. that it's not good. I haven't seen it, so. Oh, I did see it one time before, and it's got Jack Nicholson in it. But regardless, we're doing Practical Magic, which is a Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman movie, and it is one of my favorite movies. And I'm super excited that we get to do it Yay. this year. So, uh, yeah. I actually wanted to do it last year, but Ajeline said we had to do Hocus Pocus. You guys still haven't done Halloween Town. No, that's next year, maybe. That is next year. <laughs> It is. It, it we already have a roster pretty much thought out for next year, and Jesus Halloween Christ. Town is on the list because we're doing a lot of horror movies, and we're like, we need one horror movie that's not. A horror also, movie. Donnie, well, you, it's the Halloween theme. Donnie, movie. you were invited to be on uh, one of our episodes next year at some point. <laughs> Do I only get one a year? No, I think like two a you year. You had two this year. You were here for How to Train Your Dragon. Wait, what uh, What episode number is this? 102? No. 102. That means two weeks from now. If you do it every single week, two weeks from now would be your, like, two-year anniversary. Yeah. Well, something like that. Yeah. It's December 1st is our two-year anniversary. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, because we did a few, uh, like, bonus episodes, and then there's also the fact that... Oh. We had you for the 50th, and we were going to have you for the 100th, but stuff came up. I'm sorry. I have a life, and my life sucks. It's okay. I'm not blaming you. I am not. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I appreciate that you come on. It's been really hard for me to actually set aside the time. We're going to wrap this up because nobody cares to hear about our personal life. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. turned off. Um... So you guys have a great rest of the week and we will see you next week with Practical Magic. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.